Conversation cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. Here we go, off and running on this 7th day of February, 2023. This is the horn. It is the 7th day. Yes, it is. That means it's Titanic Tuesday on the horn, a day for taking note of various manifestations of right-wing <coughs> intellect, the same kind of intellect that looks at an iceberg and says, no, really, hit it harder. Yeah. And uh, we will be doing all of that this evening. Hi, I'm Robin. If you'd like to be part of the Merry Wacky Zany Real-Time Madcap Multimedia Extravaganza that is the Horn Chat Room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between in the Great Globe Round, and whatever time it is when you're listening to the podcast, well, during those live hours... Run on over to headon.live, click on chat room, pop right in. If you've never, had a, if you've never been to the chat room before, uh, go say howdy. Pick out a screen name and a password. It's all free. Everything here is free. The program's free. Nothing's for sale. And because uh, we don't roll that way, and you'll be greeted by early arrivers, uh, New Jersey Nick and Squeaky and Theo and capably moderated by... Longtime inveterate, indefatigable veteran chat room moderator Sparky, who, being a third stage guild navigator, has indeed folded space to become man cave along with his faithful, trusty companion Grady, who's out sitting in the sun while man cave does yard work and waits for the well drillers to show up and finish drilling the well. Um, and uh, also, he is assisted by his uh, his his trusty compadre. Uh, Horn chief mathematician, agronomist, and bud trimmer emeritus, Roger, in Oregon. I'm moderating, too, but not really. I'm just kind of there. Um, so head on by. Of course, every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. So that means that we say thank you uh, sincerely and profoundly to our seventh day of the month subscribers and, uh, and, and, and contributors. Thank you so very much to our friend Cecilia uh, down in Florida. Thank you to David in Oregon. And thank you to James. Thank you to uh, 
each of you for being partial sponsors of the program and helping to keep liberal, progressive, independent, non-commercial, non-capitalist radio on the air for something uh, approaching, wow, 20 years. Yeah. Uh, oh, and by the way, uh, for those of you listening to the podcast, a, a pretty please like and subscribe. No, really, how, where, wherever you listen to the podcast, whatever platform, there are many, and we try to make them all easily available from HeadOn.Live. By we, I mean Brother Deacon Asa, because I don't, I got nothing. Um, but uh, th- those all, they are all, should all, or mostly all, be available. And wherever you listen, please, you know, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, uh, leave a comment, pretty please, uh, because, well, the algorithms like it, and we like to keep the algorithms happy because, well, we're, I'm, seeing some, I'm seeing some new names pop, it up, pop up here and there, and I'm not talking about the ones popping up in the present spam attack on our contact form, and uh, thanks to Alex for the suggestion there. Uh, we will get at that in fairly short order. It's a matter of... Uh, well, capacity, if you and, and I know you know what that means. So, uh, really, tell your friends and neighbors, and hopefully we will uh, continue to grow the program, have a new burst of uh, participants in this long-running conversation. I'm—I I don't know about you, but I'm ready for the—I'm ready for the uh, State of the Union address this evening. I've got a. Uh, um, Got a fresh uh, pack of LaCroix Blackberry Essence Seltzer water and ready to roll. Woo! Don't go too, don't go, don't, don't get into that stuff too much, Robin. There's a lot. It is. But at least uh, we don't have the sound of my uh, bougie bottle and the tinkling ice in it. Uh, of late, that'll be back around. But I'm really taken with this uh, this, this seltzer. Wow, it's it kind of cloudy here today, but mm, there is something to be said for being able to go outside without a jacket on. Go outside, jacket off. Oh dear, that's that's how Titanic Tuesday's going to roll, isn't it? Yeah. Oh well. But it is State of the Union, State of the Union Tuesday. We will all sit by and watch the shenanigans unfold. Um, the weaker speaker has declared that there will be no shenanigans. I'm not at all convinced that that's going to be the case. The weaker speaker, who is, <laughs> you know, three or four madcap maggots away from not being speaker anymore, made a statement today saying, we're not going to do childish games tearing up a speech. Interesting, I asked that very question on yesterday's program. It, that's that's one of those moments where you have to sort of read between the So he's not going to tear up the speech. I don't know. Uh, he's a maggot. Maybe he'll just pee on it and 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 stomp his feet in it or something. But uh, no childish games. 
<sighs> I think that probably depends entirely upon one's definition of both childish and games, because childish games seem to be what this uh, what this this 118th Congress aims to do. There are no magnetometers in the House anymore. There is a heightened alert among uh, law enforcement and security professionals in D.C. today. A memo out noting uh, that there are that there's a lot of traffic about talk chatter about doing some kind of violence in D.C. We shall see. As noted in yesterday's program, they're already having a purple polka dotted blue screaming conniption over the fact that the fence is back up around the Capitol because, well, anytime there's a momentous day and State of the Union qualifies as a momentous day, um, then because we here understand it's not so much of y'all they're going to do it again, it's y'all they're still doing it. And there's no guarantee that some, well, idiot like Lauren Bobblehead Boobert, Clammy Oakley, won't decide to pack heat like she did back when she was waiting tables at the, I don't know, muzzle loader bar and grill or whatever there in Colorado. Um, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna. I'm gonna watch this with some degree of uh, concern. Just like what Darlene in Connecticut mentioned yesterday. She doesn't trust the maggots not to be a bunch of gunned-up maniacs, and neither do I. And apparently security personnel, law enforcement, are worried about dignitaries and special guests, and, of course, the president himself as well. And it's weird because the State of the Union is one time when the three top positions in the line of succession are all not just in one place, but in very close proximity each to the other. I wish this was a country where we could feel confident and comfortable about that. It used to be, but it isn't anymore. The weaker speaker, Kever's man of silly putty, McCarthy, told Manu Raju of CNN earlier today, we're members of Congress. We have a code of ethics of how we should portray ourselves, and that's exactly what we'll do. But we're not going to do childish games tearing up a speech. No, they're going to do some kind of other childish game, or maybe slightly less than childish, maybe homicidal games. I don't know. That's who they are. Then again, you kind of had to be there back in 2020 for uh, to understand the reason why. Nancy Pelosi, the most badass speaker of the House in recent memory, tore that speech up because, among other things, she owned a bunch of maggots doing it. And it, and, and unlike what the maggots themselves will do to own the libs, 
she didn't have to destroy anything she owned of any value. It's not like she stuck it in her Yeti cooler that was full of Tannerite and then blew it to Kingdom Come or set fire to or, or stuffed the speech in a pair of Nikes and poured gasoline on them that she'd already paid a couple of hundred dollars for, poured gasoline on it and set fire to it. And just get it. Smart woman, not a maggot. But since I mentioned Nancy, Nancy Pelosi, just one quick uh, observation. Um, Annette and I had to be out running around today, so naturally I had the radio tuned to National Petroleum Radio. And on one of the newscasts, whoever was do whoever was delivering the top of the hour news said was talking about the 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 concern about potential political violence. And then she uttered this sentence, which I tried to commit to memory on the fly. And Paul Pelosi, the husband of former Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, who was also recently a victim of political violence. Whoop! One of those moments. Because that seemed disingenuous. A victim of political violence. With a phrase like that, someone, I don't know, maybe the uh, advanced team from the, uh, from, for, uh, for the uh, amorphous multi-limbed aliens of Norblap 9 visiting planet Earth could have thought that perhaps Paul Pelosi was attacked by some uh, member of the sparkle fart propelled unicorn cavalry purity patrol shrieking, neoliberal shill, god damn it! Uh, from the far left. The attack on, the, the point being, the attack on Mr. Pelosi felt a bit, I don't know, under-described. And because I am... You know, of a certain age, and that means that I sometimes yell at the radio in the car. I said, political violence? Really? Political violence. I mean, it, it, yes, it was political violence that that maggot went after Paul Pelosi with a hammer and was then described as the undisclosed gay lover of Paul Pelosi by people like Rafaelito Eduardo Cruz, the United Booger Eating Future King of America. And, of course, testicle-toasting Tuckio Rose Carlson of Fox News TV Radio Rwanda. And, 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 maggot after maggot after maggot after maggot after maggot after maggot. After maggot. But the fact of the matter is, it wasn't some generic political violence. And I don't think journalists do us any favor by trying to pretend that there's just all this political violence that's taking place all over the United States of America by, oh, there's those two words, both sides, because it's not. It is simply not. 
But I guess National Petroleum Radio was afraid to say something like Paul Pelosi, uh, you know, husband of the former Speaker of the House, you know, former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul Pelosi, who was attacked by a wild-eyed right-wing Trump supporter. Oh, we can't have that, can we? Just can't have that. I'm sorry, that was a bit of a digression, wasn't it? Um, when, we, when last we checked in with the weaker speaker, we're members of Congress. We have a code of ethics and how we should portray ourselves. That's exactly what we'll do, but we're not going to do childish games tearing up a speech. You know, weigh him and that mouse in his pocket. Well, the problem is... He's actually worried, the weaker speaker is. According to Melanie Zanona at CNN, she reported, Ahead of the State of the Union tonight, McCarthy and GOP leaders warned Republicans during a closed-door meeting to behave, reminding reminding them that the cameras are on and the mics are hot. That's not a reason for the marginal trailer queens and Clanny Oakleys and uh, Clay uh, Clay beat them till they bleed Higgins and oh uh, uh, what's his name from Dribbling Dick Texas. That's not a reason for them not to misbehave. That's a reason to misbehave because then they will turn their misbehavior around and they'll all rake in a million donor dollars from. Well, from people who could arguably said to be extras from the road company of the musical of Idiocracy. I mean, everything else has been turned into a musical. Why not Idiocracy? I didn't realize till recently that, of all things, Mean Girls had been turned into a musical. How far can we be? But, yeah, the cameras are on and the mics are hot. and You know he's going to be sitting at hell. He, he, knows, he knows who to watch for. He knows who to expect this kind of behavior from. Yeah, we've already got one jackass who's uh, said he's not going to go, she's not going to go, I'm sorry, I just misgendered Mary Miller, a maggot from Illinois. She said she's not going to the State of the Union. I'm not going to sit there and listen to him lie. And watch the media and other members of Congress applaud him for his lies. Mary Miller said that in an interview with that website that rhymes with light and fart. And she went, she went on, Mary Miller did, listening to the Spyro Keats shrieking between her own ears. 
by the time his presidency is over, we could have 12 to 14 million terrorists, fentanyl dealers, child traffickers, and an entire welfare state entering our country, and Methodists. He has also lied about our energy prices. I added the end Methodist part, but the rest of that was, no, that was, really? Huh. That, that was really something an actual member of Congress said. An actual member of Congress who was sent to Congress by actual voters in Illinois who probably make her look like a freaking rocket science scientist, rocket surgeon. Remember that? Rocket surgery. And then she went on to get get down on her knees and bow low, very low, so that she might kiss the hairy toe of the of the the, the Mussolini of of Magaloco. He was always aggressive with our enemies, and it allowed for peace in the world. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. Okay, Mary, Mary, it's time for your meds, honey. There, there's, there's a good maggot. Yeah, oh, I bet you're feeling better already. So maybe we'll have a you lie moment, like uh, something from, oh, a State of the Union in years gone by when that was hollered by a member of the South Carolina stand delegation, a guy named Joe Wilson, whose name wasn't actually, well, you know, Joe. Right. Or uh, maybe it'll be, maybe it'll be something wacky from, again, Clanny Oakley, Lauren Bobblehead Boobert. They had uh, a hearing today featuring Customs and Border Protection agents. I don't know why we decided to get Orwellian and change it from Customs and Border Patrol to Border Protection. Well, yes, I do. It's a delicate and dainty border. And it needs to be protected. Uh It's going to be two long years of this shit before the people in her district get a chance to wise up again. She barely snuck back into Congress, but sneak she did. Because there were about, what, 538 more idiots in her district than there were intelligent people. I wonder if there were 538 intelligent people who decided not to vote in that election this past November. I don't know why I should be on it. My vote don't matter. It ain't, no, it ain't. It's, it's, it's off it. I ain't got time for that kind of thing. Well, eventually they got around to talking about suicides. 
This was, of course, a border security hearing. They got around to talking about suicides among CBP agents. I wonder if, I, I, I wonder, can't help but wonder if Kevers McCarthy behind the closed door of his weaker speaker office ever catches himself with that, in that, that Picard pose of, you know, oh no, not this shit again. Because Lauren Bobblehead Boobert, if we had anybody like that on our side, Nancy would have jerked a knot in her ass and made sure that that stupidity was not so frequently on display. But, well, it's bedlam among the maggots, you know. Chair recognizes Ms. Bobert for five minutes. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, and thank you so much to our witnesses. Thank you uh, for our sector chiefs for thank being you. here present with us today. This is the first time in the Biden administration that we have. Oh, she's got her smart to, girl glasses um, on again. Have our Customs and Border Patrol agents here present with us in Washington, D.C. So I, I appreciate um, you being here. Um, I would like to ask you both. Um, do you think that you were brought here today to promote white nationalism? Mr. Modlin? Uh, thanks for the question, ma'am. I can tell you I absolutely was not brought here for that reason. Thank you. Chief Chavez? Uh, no, ma'am. I was Thank not. You. Chief Modlin, uh, compared to two years ago, is Border Patrol finding more or less dead bodies of uh, people trying to cross the border? So within, within the Tucson sector, because that is, that is my purview, I can tell you that we are encountering more um, migrants that have died in the... In thank the, you. Thank you, Chief cross. Modlin. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Interesting that there's more dead bodies, but she's not interested in... People so desperate to reach this country that they are willing to put their lives at risk to do so who set out on this journey knowing that there is a substantial possibility that they will not see their ultimate goal. You want to talk about somebody who getting here is going to love this country? Uh, Lauren Bobblehead Boobert doesn't love this country enough to... Well, you get the idea. She wouldn't go across the street at the hazard of her own pathetic hide. But she has nothing but contempt for people who flee to this country with a dream of a better life. Now, she cut John Maudlin right off, U.S. Customs and Border Protection, Tucson Sector Chief Patrol Agent. Um, that is correct. And in fact, um, nearly 1,400 dead bodies have been found along the southern border since Biden took office. Wait a minute. Is this like my personal theory of what was really going on in murder, she wrote? Because... I swear, after just a few episodes, way back when, and, and my dad was sitting there in his easy chair watching the reruns every morning, I'd look at him and say, Dad, 
why, why are you watching the serial killer show? What? Everywhere that woman goes, somebody shows up dead, and she winds up pinning it on somebody else, but it's pretty obvious to me she's the killer. I, I, I think... I think Clanny Oakley may actually believe that Joe Biden is slipping out of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, turning into a chupacabra, and going and feasting on illegal immigrants. Each year uh, has been a record high and a 300% increase since the Trump administration. Chief Maudlin, do you know uh, border counties um, that have had to procure mobile morgues just to try to keep up with the increased volume of dead bodies? Yes, we're bought from Mother Russia as war surplus. They have many mobile morgues and some mobile mindies. Border Patrol is finding. Ma'am, I'm unaware of that within the Tucson sector. What I can tell you, though, is that um, we work very hard to, to try to prevent any migrant deaths out there. So as I was starting to say earlier, um, close to 300 EMTs and paramedics, a great ability to, to lift agents on um, Blackhawks, get them to people very yes. quickly to prevent With them. all due respect, thank you, Chief Maudlin. Um, just last year, uh, Culberson County uh, Sheriff Oscar uh, Creo was forced to deploy a corpse trolley after finding so many bodies, so many more bodies than in years past. These counties are... Wait, a corpse trolley? Are we sure it wasn't a corpse streetcar? Jesus, this woman is breathtakingly stupid. People of that district in Colorado, what the is wrong with you? You you could have let the seat stay empty, and it would have been it would have been smarter than her in that chair. Using their limited resources to clean up Joe Biden's mess, this sheriff stated, "Quote: I used to request regular stuff like bulletproof vests. Now I'm asking for more body quotes and bag." Chief Maudlin, compared to two years ago, is Border Patrol arresting more illegal aliens found to have criminal convictions or fewer? Ma'am, so in, in terms more or of fewer, pure... please, Chief. Ma'am. More or fewer? More. Thank you. In fact, Border Patrol arrested more than 12,000 last year, up from 2,500 in fiscal year 2020. Now, if this was a courtroom, you'd be strongly tempted to say, Your Honor, I object. Would counsel like to be sworn and testify? But, of course... Um, Lauren Bobblehead Boobert never went to law school. Never went to college either. Never even saw much point to actually finishing high school. I mean, I'm not being elitist or anything, but it's a fact. That's almost a 400% increase. Now, um, what about... Somebody's doing the cipher and for her back to her office. There is no two ways about this. About terrorists, is Border Patrol encountering more or less people with records and terrorist screening database databases? Subject verb agreement, y'all. It's a thing. Chief Modlin. Ma'am, my understanding more commensurate with, with Thank the you, increased Chief. flow. 
In fact, uh, CBP encountered 98 potential terrorists last fiscal year. That's compared to just six during President Trump's entire time in office. You know, it never even dawns on her that that statistic may not be quite as much in favor of her orange god emperor as she thinks it is. Because in her weird and twisted and, well, whatever whatever those thin gray settlings are that slosh around between her ears and past her brains, she thinks that that meant that bad guys were scared to death of President Trump. And they knew he'd deal with them, but, well, Joe Biden's a big old sissy. And so he's so I don't, I don't she's got to she's got to pick one. He can't be a shape shifting chupacabra who's attacking the uh, migrants along the border and draining them of their precious bodily fluids and being a weak panty waist sissy liberal. Wait a minute. Never mind. Uh, who uh Everybody knows it's so weak that all the terrorists are coming across the border now. You know, I've got to be careful about using that voice or it's going to stick that way. And I'm just going to spend the rest of my life sounding like Marge Simpson. Um, now, um, Chief Chavez, I've, I've visited your sector. Um, what about known gotaways? Have those increased over the last couple of years, known gotaways? They have, ma'am. Yes, I have that information uh, as well. On Biden's watch, there have been um, over 1.2 million known gotaways. And, of course, we don't know the, the, no, uh, the unknown gotaways. Now, Chief Maudlin, um, do, would you agree that uh, gotaways... Now, hold on. She must have been studying the collected works of Donald Rumfeld here because, you know, there's known gotaways and unknown gotaways and... Known unknown gotaways and unknown known gotaways, and those are the ones you worry about. Gotaways included uh, convicted criminals, terrorists, drug traffickers, or even gang members. Members, I've stated, I, I don't think I can suppose any Thank you, Chief. anything. Um, Chief Chavez, are you aware uh, prosecuting and imprisoning? You know, when the camera turns away from the witnesses there. They're probably reaching into their back pocket there for a hip flask of really cheap, bad Mexican gasoline and taking a big guzzle. I think it's the only way you could sit there. These, um, any drug trafficking criminals caught by state and local law enforcement comes out of their local budgets? I am aware that the county and local law enforcement bear the cost yes. of, of uh, de the detention for criminal and our local communities are being forced to foot the bill for Joe Biden's border crisis. Um, what about CBB? A little vocal fry, the border crisis. Um, officers committing suicide. Now, I have seen the despair in Border Patrol agents' um, faces. Uh, their morale is certainly decreased. They are unable to do the job that they swore to do. Um, would you say that that has increased in the past two years? I'll let both of you answer yes or no. It has, ma'am. In the last two years, Border Patrol has had 13 suicides, five in RGV, and um, it's, uh, it's a terrible thing that, that we experience. Thank you. Thank you, Chief. My time mm -hmm. is almost up. Mm -hmm. Chief Modlin, yes or no? Are yes, suicides up? Yes, ma'am. I agree thank with you. Chief Chavez. Um, un unfortunate and, and disgraceful. And I have one final um, question. Uh, Chief Modlin, um, 
you were asked if there was a policy change, if there was laws changing, and then it was possibly, um, you answered that it was possibly rumors uh, that people were coming here to our country illegally because of something they had heard. But wouldn't you agree that policy did change? Under President Trump, it was catch and deport. And under Biden, it is catch and release into the interior of our country. They are no longer waiting outside of our country. Uh it's the MS-13 caravan all over again. I don't know. There's just something about bobblehead that makes me want to do the Marge Simpson voice. I apologize. Uh, for us. And now, with her blathering on like this, you know, you know that the goddess of irony owns her, right? And so, this this is just a matter of uncoiling rope for her. Yeah, go on, honey. Go on. Yeah, keep. Yep. Yeah, keep going. Yeah. Oh, you, you brought your smart girl glasses. Yeah. Oh, you're such a you're such a clever one. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Who's got all the answers? Who's done all the facts and figures? Who's done all the ciphers and the gazettas? Clanny Oakley has. Yeah, you go ahead. Asylum. They are being released into our country on the honor system, uh, and so with that, we are seeing an increase of terrorists, 1,500% uh, gang members coming across that have doubled illegal crossings with criminal convictions up 400%, dead bodies being found up to 300%, and CBP suicides at, an, at a decade high. So would you agree that the policy did change? And the truth is that there is an invasion happening at our southern border because of this policy change. And it's happening because Joe Biden invoked amnesty and changed the secure border policies that were working for our country. And he won't change it back because Democrats, and this is intentional. Sure. In fact, their policy is a success. It's not a failure because this is their intent. Chair's lady, uh, time is ex uh, lady's time has expired, but please. Feel free to answer the question. How? Thank you, ma'am. So I stand by my response. The, the, all I know is, is what we're being told by people that have crossed, and they, they absolutely unequivocally said they crossed because they felt like law and policy had changed. Thank you. Chair, Chair recognizes Mr. Gomez for five minutes. Uh-oh. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, just before I move on to my comment, I just want to point out um, to the representative from Colorado that we, we, we uh, mourn with the CBP on the loss of their officer who died by suicide, um, but we also passed $23 million for suicide prevention for Border Patrol officers, which the majority ended up voting against in the omnibus bill. Um, Ouch. Yeah. And of course, in, 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 the, in the weird little spider-infested, creepy-crawly recesses of whatever passes for Clanny Oakley's mind, she can only imagine that a Customs and Border Patrol agent would take their own life because Joe Biden drove him to, 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 to despair it never occurs to her what kind of horror might visit and revisit traumatically these agents when they see what the direct and proximate results of their, well, their enforcement 
of the brutality of these laws really is. Oh, well, thank you, David the Vine. He gave me a cowbell for uh, mobile Mindy's. Glad to know somebody out there is catching this stuff. Uh, Elbert in Rhode Island says, Marginal Trailer Queen released a tweet the other day. She tweeted about how her job as a Congress member is destroying her personal life. She no longer has the time to talk to her friends or visit her friends. Many of her Twitter responders asked her one question. Why don't you resign? Yeah, she doesn't have the time to be the gym bunny she once was. And by, well, by... uh, don't have time to talk to her friends, I guess that means she doesn't have time to sit there and uh, swipe and swipe and swipe and swipe on, I guess, what, plenty of fish? Christian Mangle? I don't know. I'm about solving problems, but solving problems based on, on facts and having the right individuals here to answer questions. The majority likes to conflate a lot of um, facts or lack of facts or even made up facts um and here's a fact this is what we do know it's true despite what you have heard on the other side 90 percent of fentanyl seizures happen at ports of entry with the majority trafficked by u.s citizens not migrants and not asylum seekers so look at the look at those wacky facts just getting in the way whatever shall we do But here we are. Wonder how many memes will come out from Republican members of Congress after tonight's State of the Union address, showing them, I don't know, cutting off AOC's head or murdering Joe Biden, or because you know the maggots do eat that shit up. They love it because it's who they are. Um, these reaction vids are hilarious, says Darlene in Connecticut. Great job and keep going. Her and Gab Green, a misspelling, but I like it, so I'll keep it. Now must perform intelligently, LOL. Boy, isn't this mean girl faux confidence time in the OK Corral at Tombstone? <laughs> I, I, I know. I'm just, and, and you know, those two don't particularly care for each other because they're both trying to be head of the mean girls at the lunch table. And one of them is going to tell the other sooner or later to stop trying to make fetch happen. It's just not going to. That's so thatch. Unfortunately, though, we're not, we're not done with Lauren Bobblehead Boobert. No. Uh, The fact of the matter is, there's something actually a little bit bigger, in a way, than the the garden variety stupidity in which she engages in committee hearings. There's a bit of outrage over something that she said when she went to visit a church. And I guess gave sort of a 
sermon because, you know, Clanny Oakley is a Christian. She's a follower of the Prince of Peace. Yeah? It was at a joint, uh, a gospel, sh- a gospel sharp uh, house called Storehouse Dallas Church. I know. Storehouse rhymes with some other house. And for all we know, it may bear other similarities. I don't know what kind of love offering they gave Clanny Oakley for showing up, but, well, um, I saw this, I saw this clip, and just this past weekend... And it reinforced to me that I, I, because as I read the article over at Mediaite, and I went all the way through trying to see if anybody remembered this, because I guess the, the eight years of the Obama administration are like ancient history now listen my children and you shall hear or some such because the the Obama administration doesn't seem that long ago to me it only ended on January the twentieth, two thousand seventeen. That was that was that was just six years. But six years may as well be six hundred in the current political climate, where the news cycle is about fifteen milliseconds long. People are justifiably upset at what Clanny Oakley said at the storehouse church because it was disgusting. But it wasn't new. Oh, no, it wasn't new at all. Praise the Lord. I hope that blesses somebody. But I... Okay. So this is one of those church. I never went to these kind of churches. I was raised a good Southern Baptist girl, and we didn't we didn't clap there in the sanctuary. The choir would sing, we'd pray, everybody sit down, and there was one deacon who was allowed to say, "Amen." And that was it, and we moved on to the next part of the program. But church has changed, apparently. And now there's a lot of clapping and hooting and hollering and yelling, you know, beyond the ordinary garden variety snake handling, floor rolling, and tongue speaking. And I could have saved this for prayer meeting Wednesday, but it seemed... It seemed better to bookend it with her committee shenanigans insofar as it shows her up 
to be the same kind of toxic and awful on Sunday that she is on, well, Tuesday. She's got the expensive wireless microphone there in her little paw. And she's at some sort of a rostrum or podium or some such. And she's got her prepared sermon remarks there for Storehouse Dallas Church. And let's see if we can get through it this time. Praise the Lord. I hope that blesses somebody. But I... I do want you to know I pray for our president. Okay. Guess I'm not gonna. What this is, in case you don't know, this is a mockery of Nancy Pelosi. Because whatever else you want to say about her, she is devout in her Roman Catholicism. And she has talked about the maggots that she's prayed for. And she meant it. She's even prayed for the biggest maggot of them all. Julius Geezer. I want you to know, she says, I pray for the president. I don't know how many praying people we have in the Horn Family Community Congregation. I personally gave up on it a long time ago. Because I realized that, among other things, it's an awfully big, it's an awfully big universe to have to be omniscient and omnipresent in. And as Humphrey Bogart says in Casablanca, I know enough to know that the problems of two people don't add up to a hill of beans in this crazy mixed up world. But if one was to be praying for the President of the United States, and if one in praying for the President of the United States was to say, God grant him the wisdom to do an incredibly difficult job. May the United States of America be blessed, no matter how many awful things we do. Well, I mean, that's kind of a standard garden variety prayer, isn't it? So, since we're talking about one of the members of the Mean Girls Caucus... You know that's exactly what she's not doing. You? Praise the Lord. I hope that blesses somebody. But I... I do want you to know I pray for our president. Psalm 109.8 says, May his days be few and another take his office. Guffaw, the faithful attendees of Storehouse Dallas Church. 
She prays Psalm 109.8. May his days be few and another take his office. And of all the tweets I've seen of people responding to this bit of hateful garbage, not one mentioned the fact that she's not exactly original in this because back Oh, I don't know, maybe back when she was hadn't even decided to quit high school yet. Other good God-fearing, upstanding, Bible-believing, Christ-centered, evangelical, fundamentalist, homosexual, Christian Republicans were praying the same prayer about that one in our White House. President Obama. And it was kind of a big deal back then. Because it was making the rounds. And see, the rubes in the audience, the goons in the audience there, knew that this was the setup to a joke from Jump. And that's what made it so hilarious. And when they start laughing, oh, Clanny Oakley just grins and grins. She's so proud of herself. It's kind of like she done something special with her Play-Doh there in kindergarten. For our president, Psalm 109.8 says, may his days be few and another take his office. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Isn't, isn't, that, isn't, isn't that just something? Uh, isn't that just a knee slapper? Nothing quite like it, is there? And all those good Christians laugh about Joe Biden a-dying in office. Because that's funny if you're a maggot in Texas. God, they're disgusting. Now, this program was on, on air almost every Monday through Friday through the entire nightmare reign of Julius Geezer. And at no point in time did I say, or did anybody in this, in this, uh, this Horn Family Community Congregation say anything that could be construed as wishing... For his death. But that's who these Christians are. These followers of the Prince of Peace. It's who they are. And that is why I have said over the years that this is that evangelical Christianity is, in fact, a death cult. They cheer. 
a cheer for the death of the President of the United States, which, whether the President be a Republican or a Democrat, a presidential death in office is a horrifying thing. Contrast that with the words of the surgeon after that greasy-headed old B-movie actor, Ronald Wilson Reagan, old 666 himself, had been shot by John Hinckley and was being wheeled into surgery. And that sad, sorry, sick, political piece of trash looked and said, looked at his surgeon and said, Will, I hope you're a Republican. To which that surgeon said, Today, Mr. President, I think we're all Republicans. That was uh, you know, that was the spring of 1981. It was the Cold War. The nation was on edge because a majority of Americans had just chosen a half-mad old actor who could barely tell the difference between reality and fantasy. And a lot of us were wondering if we were going to get out of the Reagan administration alive. And more than a few people were worried on that day. that some shit might seriously hit the fan. Of course, there is the story that on November 22nd, 1963, in Hollywood, California, Ronald Wilson Reagan, old 666 himself, attended a party that remained scheduled even though the President of the United States had had his bl brains blown out on a godforsaken street in Dallas, Texas. Hmm. And a lot of, uh, a lot of people in Dallas were happy about that, too. So maybe Lauren Bobblehead Boobert knew that that line would play well with the right-wing Christian freaks at the Storehouse Church in Dallas. I don't know. God said that he was a provider. I know that Jesus said that, he, that we would be blessed. But I just don't know about this month. And Jesus is right there at the table with you. Sam, what kind of conversation is this? Why are you talking like this and why are you sad? Jesus, don't you know? We're out of money. COVID's hit. They shut everything down. Joe Biden's president. We don't know what to do, Lord. You know, 
if we actually took seriously the tax code, the storehouse church of Dallas should probably have its tax-exempt status yanked because this isn't a church service. This is a political rally. Imagine the world that Clanny Oakley lives in where you go go about the business of, of God-bothering because a, a great orange bu- 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 buffoon isn't president anymore despite your best efforts to participate in a coup against the Constitution of the United States. Imagine that. Well, here we are. It's all right. We pray for our presidents. Uh, you know, it says, let his days be few and another take his office. That's why I filed articles of impeachment for Joe Biden. Unfortunately, he does have a really great insurance policy named Kamala Harris. I am resisting the urge to use words that I don't use anymore. And so this is the backdrop against which we get this State of the Union this evening and in which I wonder... Just exactly what kind of firearm this Christian woman is going to bring to tonight's speech. Because while the weaker speaker says that, oh no, no, everybody's going to be on their best behavior. He has no way whatsoever of making sure of that. Because the magnetometers are gone. And if the Secret Service is any good whatsoever at doing their job, they are worried as hell. And so am I. I'm not kidding. But Lauren Bobblehead Boobert has lifted a piece of Republican teabagger nastiness from 13 years ago. And people think she's clever. Just kind of wondering here, uh, because I did, I, I, I first saw this clip yesterday after the program. I did a little, little search and nope. Not a blessed thing. There has been no condemnation of Lauren Bobblehead Boobert from the Speaker's office today because, well, uh, if she and Andy Biggs and Paul Gosar, the demon dentist of the desert, and maybe another or two uh, of, the, of, of, of the really weird Republicans, which is saying something, decide to file, they can, well, they can, they can join up with the 212 Democrats and 
Kevers isn't speaker anymore, so he's not going to say anything. The moderate Republicans will remain as silent as a graven image. As she goes about hoping for the demise of the President of the United States. It's chilling. And yet here we are. And it seems, you know, it's, it seems wacky. It seems like evidence of her ongoing stupidity, but one plays footsie with homicidal ideations. one's potential horror. My buddy John at Central PA says, I wonder why Trump is free to run for president again. Oh, wait, it's because the U.S. Jokestice Department would rather prosecute the low-hanging fruit, namely the rubes, instead of Trump. You're not that, you're not that far wrong. Although I did notice... Uh, I noticed one story earlier today. That claims that uh, that at one point in time the Manhattan District Attorney's office was according to the story weeks away from filing criminal charges against Nitwit Nero while he was still in office. And then they got cold feet when lawyers for the city of New York poo-pooed the idea that Trump had undervalued a building in the financial district. Again, this is another revolution, uh, revelation, Robin, from Mark Pomerantz's new book, The People versus Donald Trump which I think hit shelves today. Pomerantz um, says in the book that he was told that uh, the, the Manhattan DA's office was considering bringing criminal charges against Trump in a matter of weeks, not months, based on a... Uh, a building deemed to be historic in which he had valued his interest in the building as much as $527 million but later lied to tax authorities and said that his interest was only about 16 to $19 million. Pomerantz goes on in the book and says the figure was so low as to be absurd. 
Because, among other things, the New York Times had reported that rental income alone for the building was over $40 million by 2018. Continuing, Pomerantz says this meant that he told the tax authorities that the overall value of his interest in 40 Wall Street was less than what he was earning in a single year. And he had personally signed forms attesting to the accuracy of the absurdly low valuation. And so Pomerantz said that he and others were consulted as a reality check on whether it was a good idea to charge Geezer Disgustus. He said that charging a sitting president, quote, would be a dramatic step of cosmic significance. They had planned, if they were going to do it, to go straight to a judge to get permission to file a criminal complaint rather than go through the grand jury. That meant they could file the charges and then go to the grand jury. But Pomerantz said that the whole thing fell to pieces, never got off the ground in his words, because the New York City Law Department said that everybody does it. The lowball valuations are submitted under penalty of perjury, but according to the New York City Law Department, the owner's initial valuation figures are not taken seriously and are regarded as simply the first step in a series of negotiations. And that was the determining factor in reaching the conclusion that they would have a hard time before a jury proving that the Tangerine Tiberius had intended to mislead anyone. Although this seemed like a poor way for the city to conduct its business, bringing a criminal case based on a filing that nobody cared about or acted upon and doing so as the opening gambit in a prosecution against a president did not strike me, Carrie, Sy, or anyone on the investigation as a good idea. And then Alvin Bragg took over. And Pomerantz quit, and his other colleagues quit. And, well, John, in Central PA, here we are. Alvin Bragg, meanwhile, says... Our skilled and professional legal team continues to follow the facts of this case wherever they may lead without fear or favor. Mr. Pomerantz decided to quit a year ago and sign a book deal. I haven't read the book and won't comment on any ongoing investigation because of the harm it could cause to the case. What case? But I do hope there is at least one section where Mr. Pomerantz recognizes his former colleagues for how much they have achieved on the Trump matter over the last year since his departure. How much they've achieved. Zero's a really interesting number.
And Lee in New York informs us 40 Wall Street is the building that Nero said was the tallest building in lower Manhattan after the tower spill. And, Lee notes, it wasn't. Of course it wasn't. Why do we say of course it wasn't? Because, of course, he's a freaking liar. And from the Department of... What the fuck? Yeah. From the Associated Press, earlier today... There appears to have been an intruder at Joint Base Andrews, what used to be referred to as Andrews Air Force Base. And, of course, Joint Base Andrews is the home of Air Force One, described by the AP as one of the nation's most sensitive military bases. And whoever the trespasser was, about 11.30 a.m. yesterday, a man gained unauthorized access to JBA housing area. A resident discharged a firearm. Security forces arrived on scene to apprehend the intruder, and law enforcement is investigating the incident. And that was as much as they said. That was as much as they said yesterday. Well, now we know that the whoever the intruder was, they reached the home of one of the highest-ranking members of the Air Force. Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force, Joanne Bass, who is the number one enlisted member of the Air Force, Chief Master Sergeant, Top enlisted leader, AP says. Well, her hubby squeezed off around at the intruder. Joanne Bass, Chief Master Sergeant, said, We appreciate the outpouring of support we, we received after this incident. I can confirm that my husband, Ron, was involved and is safe thanks to the quick response and professionalism of our security forces, airmen. On the uh, base's Twitter feed, they said, A resident discharged a firearm. Security forces arrived on scene to apprehend the intruder, and law enforcement is investigating the incident. This has happened before. A guy slipped through a fence and walked onto the flight line at one point. Back in February 2021. I wonder if this story will go down the memory hole. I wonder if anyone will look into the background or maybe NPR can report on it as being political violence. And of course, never note the politics of the political violence that's involved.
does that give you a little case of the creeps? Because at the risk of sounding hysterical, it... uh, Kind of bugs me. Join Base Andrews is, of course, not far from Washington, D.C., and I saw this story and I thought, hmm, maybe that's some of what was being alluded to when they said that there was a lot of chatter out there and security was high leading up to the State of the Union this evening. I don't know. We'll have to see. And that's a hell of a thing to say. Well, you're right. Randy Radar says the key to any successful endeavor is caution, persistence, and restraint. There seems to be very little restraint on the part of the right. Very little? Zero is very little, Randy Radar. It is. truly is. And these are... Whether we like it or not, perilous times. So that's pretty much the filler There's more titanic intellect, to be sure. Like I noted at the beginning of the program, we are in, well, we're trying to raise $740 and do something wacky with it, like keep the power on. And an hour and 20 minutes into the program, we are at zero. It would be great if we did not stay at zero say that. No, Billable, I'm a lady. Robin, go ahead and use those words against the bobblehead. No. But boy, do I want to. A lot. Hey, thank you, John, in PA. Thank you so much. We're off and running now. We're, we're, we've gotten started. We are off the we're off the goose egg schneid. Now we're at seven thirty. Thank you so much. And hopefully you'll have some friends and neighbors joining you in the in the process here at some point. 
Of course, this is Conversation Radio. You know that. If you would like to um, get involved in the conversation, well, I kind of live for it. I do. And I welcome you to join in. The stress line, of course, is 844-843-4676, 844-THE-HORN. And the other line, of course, is via Skype, Bob Kincaid Horn, one of these days. Uh, Brother Deacon Asa altered the graphic that at least goes with the Podbean feed, so it not, so there's one more place where Bob has disappeared. Thank you, Brother Deacon. And it being a Tuesday and all, we have, we have the... Uh, Green News Report in the offing. Of course, over the years, I've always listened with an ear tuned to see if there would be any mention made of the Appalachian apocalypse, but I'm guessing that's a no. Because this program remains one of the few places where you can still find out that the Appalachian apocalypse is still going on. We're still blowing mountains to kingdom come. Well, we aren't. Coal companies are. And all the profit and all the wealth goes out of state, in some cases out of country. But all the poison stays right here. And moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas and cousins and aunts and uncles and neighbors and friends and kids. And those especially precious little ones, you know, the precious little fetuses, they all get affected by it. But if you searched high and low throughout the West Virginia legislature or the entire Republican delegation to the Congress of the United States, you would probably not find one person who gives a damn about that. And we have, uh, we have anonymously gotten down to $710. Thank you so very much. Ralph said, come on, people, don't make me sick lassie on y'all. Hey, maybe I'll have to sick lassie on anyone. So if we could, let's see. So at 710, we're unfunded for yesterday and today and $110 at last Friday. It'd be great if we could finish last Friday's funding, $110 more. 11 people at 10 bucks, 10 people at 11 bucks. One at 110, you never know. Miracles do happen. But let's check in with uh, with Brad and Desi. And if you want to get involved in the conversation, jump right in. But I do love the Green News Report. It's Thursday, February 2, 2023. It is the biggest annual profit. Hell it is. Now, I know I did that right. But we're going to do it again just to make sure. And do that. No. Do that. Do that. 
Yes, I do. Maybe I maybe I dropped a stitch or something. Try again. It's Tuesday, February 7, 2023. The vinyl chloride contents of five rail cars are currently unstable and could potentially explode, causing deadly disbursement of shrapnel and toxic fumes. Ohio chemical train derailment forces evacuations. Chile battles catastrophic wildfires amid record-breaking heat wave. Plus, for the first time ever, global investment in clean energy equals fossil fuel investment. Really? Yeah. All of those stories and more straight ahead from Bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. What about the damage oil's doing to our bodies? I mean, kids are growing up with asthma now. Okay, yeah, and the asthma keeps the kids from smoking cigarettes. I mean, it's actually a thank you, oil. Thank you, oil. This is your Green News Report. And what about the planet, Michael? It's breaking down the Great Barrier Reef. Uh, Okay, I thought we were supposed to be breaking down barriers, right? (laughs) Okay, Desi Doyen, so... What's going on in Ohio now? Well, as we go to air, 5,000 residents of East Palestine, Ohio, near the Ohio-Pennsylvania border, remain evacuated due to a massive fire and the risk of explosion caused by a 50-car derailment of a freight train that was carrying deadly hazardous chemicals over the weekend. The cause is under investigation. County officials told residents that air and drinking water were safe, but rail crews are working to contain chemical runoff that was observed in nearby streams. On Monday, the rail operator completed a high-risk controlled release of toxic chemicals from several damaged rail cars. A high-risk release of dangerous chemicals? Yes, but Ohio's Republican Governor Mike DeWine said that would reduce the risk of, quote, catastrophic explosions. Wow. Is this in a residential area? Is this near schools? Uh, This sounds... Sounds bad. It is bad. Schools have been closed for the week due to this emergency. And it's in a somewhat rural area, about 15 miles east of Youngstown. But the good news is that the derailment shows that stronger rail car safety regulations have worked to contain much of the deadly chemicals, despite the opposition of the rail industry. Yeah, well, you know, regulations, those are bad. The firefighting efforts at the derailment were hampered by a record outbreak of extreme cold across the Northeast over the weekend. In New Hampshire, a mountaintop National Weather Service station recorded a wind chill of minus 108 degrees Fahrenheit. That is the all-time coldest wind chill ever recorded in the United States in nearly a century of record-keeping. Well, the good news, apparently that means climate change is over. If only that were so. No? An emerging area of climate research 
research links the increase in these extreme outbreaks of Arctic air in the lower 48 to man-made global warming because it is altering the jet stream that steers weather systems across the U.S. Oops. In other chemical industry news, chemical manufacturing giant 3M recently announced that it will discontinue production of toxic PFAS chemicals by 2025, known as forever chemicals because they don't break down in the environment. The phase-out is not because 3M admits that PFAS chemicals harm human health, but because future litigation could cost the company more than $30 billion. So, good news, they're going to stop making them. Bad news, they're going to keep making them for two more years. In South America, officials in Chile have expanded a state of emergency to new regions as firefighters grapple with more than 260 raging wildfires that have erupted in recent days, fanned by extremely dry winds and a scorching, record-setting heat wave. At least 24 people have been killed in the wildfires, making it the country's deadliest wildfire event on record. 260 wildfires. Yes. Wow. In energy geopolitics, Europe has imposed a ban on Russian diesel fuel and other refined oil products, further slashing its energy dependency on Russia in retaliation for Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Good. Helped in part by an unusually warm winter, EU Commission President Ursula von der Leyen announced late last week that the EU has succeeded in diversifying its energy mix away from Russian oil and gas and will further accelerate the EU transition to clean energy. We decided to speed up the transition or the diversification away from Russian fossil fuels and most importantly to accelerate uh, the investment in renewables. Good. Wind and solar became Europe's top power source in 2022, generating more electricity than coal, natural gas and nuclear for the first time ever. Thanks, Russia. And finally, the clean energy sector, for the first time ever, saw a record high $1.1 trillion investment globally last year, equal to investments in fossil fuel. That's according to a new analysis from Bloomberg News, which found investments in solar, wind, electric vehicles, and other clean energy technology grew 20 to 50 percent over the previous year, with China accounting for nearly half of all global clean energy investment. Thanks, China. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. I'm thankful, though. I know it's ending all too soon. And thanks for unforgettable nights. I never can replace. Oh, I kind of like that. We are at the halfway point of the program this evening, and I can happily announce that uh, an anonymous friend of the community has said, I'll put a two-for-one match on the table. Up to 50 bucks gets an up to $100 match. Triple your contribution. So that would actually finish funding for last week and get us started on yesterday, which is fantastic. Thank you so much, kind Internet friend. So fifty dollars is there. You can turn your dollar turns into three, your five turns into fifteen, your ten turns into thirty, up to fifty bucks. So hopefully we will get started on that. Meanwhile, at the halfway mark of the program, let's go over and check in on the stress line. Hey, welcome to the program. Good evening, Robin. Hey, Dave. How are you? How's Christine? Oh, Christine's wonderful. Uh- 
Dave, I Dave, 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 I think you're going to have to like hold your tongue out or put one hand in the air or something because you're all kinds of broken up. All right, hold on a second, Robin. Sorry. All right. Can you hear me better now? Yes, I think. Um, I can barely hear you. Oh, well, okay. No, you're breaking up again. No, Christine's fine. We had a wonderful time. I just got back to the blind yesterday. So I spent three and a half days with her in the in her blind. And she made her Popeye's chicken salad. Oh, 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 that, yeah, you mentioned that. That sounds wonderful. That was spicy. I brought it from home. Oh, my God, Robin. I decided to get her the chicken for, for her birthday because she wanted to make this chicken salad. And I wanted to make sure we had plenty. And good Lord, I went overboard. I did not know 24 pieces of chicken and a few sides was going to cost me 81 bucks. Hey, Dave, 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 for some reason or another, this call is falling all to pieces. I don't, I don't know why. You already call back in. Yeah, try, yeah, try it again. See, try it again. See if the, see if the gerbils on the, on the wheel do do a little better this time. All right. I'll I'll, I'll kick the phone a couple of times before. Yeah, smack it around till it's hot and angry. All right. See you, Dave. So we will, uh, we'll check and see if it, Gets any better? Hey, thank you, Theo. Theo just jumped in on the um, on the on the challenge, and so there's forty dollars to go on that now. In order to that'll finish off Friday's last week's funding. Thank you, Theo, out in Oregon. All right, all right, Dave. Let's try again. I, I can, I can still barely hear you, but. But that's yeah. This is this is bizarre. Let me. Uh, I don't know. It make would it would make no sense that this would make a difference. But hold on, because I've got I've got my mic all kinds of cranked up and no, it's it, well. This is you know this is the miracle the miracle of modern technology. You're no. I don't I don't know I don't know what's right. maybe. Well, maybe, maybe I'm not even getting a word now, not even a syllable. Maybe, maybe we'll disconnect and I don't know, reboot your phone. I hate it when that happens, but it does sometimes happen. Everybody wants to know about the words I don't use anymore. Yes, Brother Deacon A said they do. Well, they don't rhyme with, but they spell like it. The most I'm going to say. Trying to trying to maintain a sense of decorum here. All right. Well, while we wait for. Dave to, to to reboot. 
a little a little update. Captain Forehead, Matt, it just gets worse, has a new job. No, no, he's still in Congress. Don't get your hopes up. He's now on the weaponization of the federal government committee. Because for some reason or another, Chip Roy of Donneria Gulch, Texas, just got himself a plum position on the House Budget Committee. This comes after, in late January, the forehead that walks on two legs, having said publicly that he had no interest in serving on the weaponization panel that's going to be essentially... Talked about this last week. McCarthyism. Writ large and new. It's not a great look for the forehead that walks on two legs. Given that he just spent the last two years wiggling and squirming and doing everything in his power to get out from under charges for his having participated in child sex trafficking. Gromer! Jeez. I suspect that may be Dave. Let's see if maybe we're going to have any more luck this time. Third time's got to be a charm, Dave. It's Dave. It's not happening. I don't. I don't. I don't know if. I don't know if maybe your local. I don't know if maybe your local cell tower fell apart. But this is odd. I think you said it could very well be. Uh, this is uh, apparently not meant to be. At least this evening. I see you, Dave. My apologies. Makes me wonder if makes me wonder if the stress line's working okay. Uh, you know, let me let me check something here. There we go. That's on. Whatever it is that's wrong, I don't know. So if you want to try the stress line, we'll we'll at least find out if it's this phone or Dave's phone or Matt. It only gates worse. Jeremy in Vermont says, I think Stephanie Miller says it better. Maybe we could use her term to help push it. Rapey McForehead. Okay, I'll take cards in that game. Now that he is 
stuck on the weaponization committee. And it's really not going to be a good look. His spokes creep is saying nothing but... Rapey McForehead... See, I'm using it now, Jeremy. Rapey McForehead is honored to serve on the weaponization subcommittee and will be working very hard... Maybe they should have proofed that again. Maybe they would have been better off, I mean, given the fact that the guy sent money to a, an underage sex worker via Venmo. Maybe the smart the smart money would have been to reread that statement again instead and instead of saying he'll be working on it very hard, say he'll be working on it diligently. There's lots and lots of words out there in the English language spokes creep for Matt. Uh, it just gets worse. Describing him doing anything as very hard is never going to play well for him. Uh, hey, Annette, would you do me a favor? It's okay. You can talk. Dave, uh, Dave and the Blind just tried to call in and... We had a horrible connection via the stress line. All right. Could you maybe get your phone and just, because Ralph's just suggested, maybe have Annette call you on the stress line. Cool beans. Will do. You know the number, right? I vaguely remember it. 844-843-4676. 844-THE-HORN. Aye, aye, ma'am. I'm on it. Thank you, ma'am. Great idea, Ralphs. We'll find out in a minute. And that will be helpful. Raping McForehead, I confess I do like that, had said he was just too busy to serve on the weaponization subcommittee just too busy doing a whole lot of work in the English language there for this is going to be really embarrassing you know if I wasn't if I wasn't burdened with so damn many scruples I would no I wouldn't no amount of money could make <laughs> copy editor for Matt Rapey McForehead Gates no no But Chip Roy of Dribbling Dick, Texas, is just too busy because he's going to be on the budget committee, and he's going to be on the rules committee, and he's going on on, on uh, the main part of the House Judiciary Committee. And it will, of course, be a shit show. And remember, because it's bound to be a blast. Remember, Arkansas Governor Jethreen Bodine will be delivering the Republican response to the State of the Union address this evening. Okay, let's check in here and let's see. Nope, wrong button. Is that you? 
Okay, so it's okay, so it must be me. Definitely me. All right, thank you ever so, Miss Bartram. I think she said hi, everybody. What a time to discover we have tech problems. All right. We are no longer connected, dear. So what we're going to do here is... Well, shoot. This thing probably does need to be powered off. Maybe it'll get better. Uh, LOL says, Jeremy, I've been meaning to pass that along for a bit now. It was a great idea, though, Ralphs. Uh, we at least learned something. Sorry, Dave, that was on me, if you're still listening. I'm rebooting now. Of course, I pay a breathtaking amount of money to Verizon every month so we can have this phone. But if it was not for Wi-Fi dialing on the phone, <laughs> Verizon pro provides me with one whole bar sitting here. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's go over to the Skype line. Hey, welcome to the program. Hi, it's Randy Radar. Hey, Randy, how are you? Hi, just wanted to mention that. Wait a minute, just a minute, I got to turn the program off. Okay, stand by. Yeah, standing by. Much better. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The the, yeah. the the Skype line the Skype line is not is not a problem. Yes, apparently, but I'm not on Skype, so I'm no, no. You're the, we've got a regular we've got a regular phone line that goes with Skype, so you're coming in through that. The stress so, the stress I, line separately. I, I, I don't know if you mentioned that the the balloon story seemed seemed to displace any possibility of further discussion of the Memphis cop killing story. Uh, it reached a critical mass just in time to kick the other news story off, for the most part. Well, it, it I mean, it's it certainly, it certainly has had that effect to a, a, to an extent. But there was breaking news, and it's disgusting, of course. The New York Times reported earlier this evening that documents relating to the firing of the five officers, the five, I'm sorry, bad cops, the firing of them followed on the heels of, among other things, one of them share. this is nauseating. It only, it only gets, you know, it only gets worse, Randy. Yeah. This guy had a, this one cop, in the midst of beating this young man to death, found time to take a picture of him handcuffed and bloodied, and he shared it out to at least five people. 
So it's not it's not exactly like the story completely disappeared. And we had the story over the weekend of another another cop being fired from the force. But I think we're in that we're we're in that phase of the investigation where the and and the the other thing that came out is that and I did mention this on air last week there are as i predicted hours and hours and hours and hours of video something like 20 hours that still have not been released by the city of memphis and the police department so as bad as what we saw was it is safe to say it is infinitely worse well, Michael Moore had a rumble, um, and that's his podcast. And right. He had a whole hour program on that. He said that the head of the police department there in Memphis, the woman, uh, uh, previously had it up at Atlanta, some Atlanta police force, and she had previously had a red dog team. Sounds like some fighter group somewhere, but it's actually like a, just the same as the Scorpion group, and they got into trouble, and she had to disband that. So it's not the first time she's put this together. So that's what, that's what Michael Moore said on his podcast. I suspect it's I suspect they're deep in damage control mode now. Yeah, yeah. And it will be much the the information will be much more slow in coming. Yeah. But the prosecution. The prosecution has a right to see this stuff. Yeah. And then it becomes a question of admissibility. And, of course, if you're one of the lawyers for these five monsters, alleged monsters, I guess, then you're going to howl and raise hell that there's already – the jury can't see all – it'll prejudice the jury. Well, every – all evidence that – goes against the defendant is prejudicial to the jury. The question is whether it is unfairly prejudicial. Mm-hmm. So hopefully more of the I don't want to see any more. Yeah. But I think I think the fullness of the evil needs to be made plain. And one thing that goes hand in hand, it kind of goes hand in hand with this, is that the the story's not getting nearly as much coverage. Yeah. But the killing by police of the young man in Atlanta. Yeah. Needs more attention. Yeah. They are saying uh, they're 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 saying saying now that uh, the young man. Manuel Esteban Paez Tehran, cops pumped 13 rounds into him, Randy. Mm-hmm. When he was... Is it said the post is to the cop city? Yeah. This is the guy who was protesting cop city. He was in a tent, and they pumped uh-huh. 13 rounds into him. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the Georgia authorities are not being anything resembling forthcoming. Mm-hmm. Well, there are no riots over this, and I think it's partly because of the balloon story, you know, that took up all that 
that's fixed. It made sure the balloon story hit critical mass before before dropping. It's a matter. It's a matter of coverage. The protests have been consistent and ongoing in yeah. Memphis, and protests have gotten, according you know, according to the Republicans in in, in Georgia, uh, so, uh, when you start breaking glass, it comes terrorism. Yeah. Well, these people these people don't want Cop City in their neighborhood. They don't want Cop City at all, because yeah. this is this is just going to be. Uh, a, a, mil, a, a paramilitarized base for teaching police how to further brutalize the public. Yeah. Anyway, so I just just wanted to put that forward. That there's only so much space on the news. We haven't heard anything about the miracle, economic miracle that is Greece, caused by Goldman, Goldman Sachs twice. You haven't heard about this. The, Status of Iraq anywhere sometime soon. Uh, apparently, someone overran the green zone, uh, a mob overran the green zone many years back, and that wasn't covered. Uh, so, uh, and it's more disaster porn on the news with this earthquake. And if you happen to. You know, I'm glad, I'm glad, I am glad that you used that phrase because. I caught coverage of what's going on in Turkey and Syria this morning on my filthy morning habit. Yeah. And it, with these kinds of stories, it always occurs to me, how many different ways are there to talk about how horrible something is? Yeah. It's a natural disaster. It's a disaster but it's an, in an earthquake-prone part of the world. This is not me being unsympathetic. My heart breaks. The place is already awful enough, and it was made more awful. It's not, but they're not putting the news in perspective. You're much less likely to die from an earthquake than you are from poverty, you know? That's the absolute truth. Yeah. You're probably much less likely to die from an earthquake, depending on who you are, than you are from an out-of-control cop. Yeah. I think the facts speak to that. Well, um, I just read an article that said the mainstream media is losing viewers uh, in favor of other sources. Now, some of them may be going to Fox News. I guess the old folks are, but... Uh, and in the Midwest, I bet you nothing but Fox News plays, you know, everywhere. It's, it's sort of like I tuned in during the Rush, Rush Limbaugh reign, and I caught him on four radio stations. There wasn't a liberal program to be found. Oh, no, we've been banished from over-the-air AM or FM radio, for that matter. Yeah, yeah. With a, with a few exceptions. And... Yeah. I never, I never check out Sirius because, well. Yeah. Well, that's one reason that I don't have Sirius installed in my car. I probably could afford it, but I don't want it there. I don't know how much con. I don't know how much content there is that even on, on Sirius, Randy. All so-called liberal or progressive programming is consigned to one little ghetto channel. Yeah. Yeah. And that channel is remorselessly gatekept. Yeah. 
there's a lot of money involved, apparently. It's an, it's, as the saying goes, it's great work if you can get it. Yeah. So. Well, do what I can. Like, uh, yeah. Do, right. do, can I, uh, yeah. You have yourself yeah. a good evening. It's always good to hear from you. All right. Thank you. Uh-huh. Bye. Our buddy Randy Radar. And he's 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 right. The me the, the the news cycle is still strictly if it bleeds, it leads. But there's a hierarchy to the bleeding. Natural disasters are easy to cover. You stand the reporter up in front of some rubble, and the reporter talks about how awful everything is. And maybe they fought up the line for get, the, the, the website for giving to the Red Cross or something like that. And, 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 and. Back to Cop City in Atlanta. They're hell-bent on building that paramilitary base for training cops to behave like a military force in this country. It was the 18th of January when Manuel Esteban Paez Terran took at least, at least 13 rounds from the cops. And Jeff uh, Filipovitz, who's representing the Paez family, said that the Georgia Bureau of Investigation absolutely refuse to answer any question, but are still sending a message nonetheless He noted the terrorism charges are meant to send a message, and that message is clear. If you stand in our way, we will take you out of our way. Adding, we will not tolerate this. There are plenty of other criminal laws that can be used if anyone has broken the law. There are plenty of crimes that can be charged against any individual who engages in acts of violence. We cannot ignore this worsening environment that started here in Atlanta and that one day will be used against other groups. One day, the Standing Rock tribe out in North Dakota would like a word. One day. And the cops are still trying to portray these acts of civil disobedience as terrorism, the peaceful protests against the paramilitary training base. And in (laughs) history doesn't repeat, but it often rhymes. The assistant police chief of Atlanta, one Carvin Tyus, echoing people like George Wallace and Lester Maddox, said, None of those people live here. They do not have a vested interest in this property. 
And that is why we consider that domestic terrorism. Might as well go ahead and call them outside agitators while you're at it there, Assistant Police Chief Carvin Tyus. And then the police chief himself, Darren Shearbaum, at a press conference said, It doesn't take a rocket scientist or an attorney to tell you that breaking windows and setting fires is not protest. And the cops, of course, are claiming that Paez fired first, pulled a handgun and took a pot shot at a state trooper who was wounded, and then then multiple cops from multiple agencies pumped him full of lead as he sat there in a tent. And it was all precipitated by what was called a clearing action when the cops swept through the encampment that had been there for some time. And were, well, wouldn't be the first time that the cops rioted. Another, uh, the Pius family has another lawyer named Brian Spears who confirms that the Georgia Bureau of Investigation refuses to meet with him or his clients. Our goal is to get an answer for Manuel's mother and father and family. We're asking again for that meeting with the GBI, and we want the release of all audio and video recordings, including any drone footage of the shooting in the area in which he died. Belkis Tehran. Ms. Paez's mother, she said, we're horrified by all that's happened. Killing a person who was sleeping in the forest doesn't make sense to me. Which begs the question, if he was taking pot shots of the cops and they had video, that video would have been out weeks ago even as the young man lay bleeding and dying. All of the land is mostly unincorporated, and the forest defenders had been there for months. It's being partially funded, this cop city is, by the Atlanta Police Foundation. Their excuse for their need is, it will provide the necessary facilities required to effectively train 21st century law enforcement agencies. We're going to have a practice course for high-speed vehicle chases, a helicopter landing pad, a mock village, and a shooting range. Well, apparently the shooting range has already been opened now, hasn't it? Why do they need a practice course for high-speed high vehicle chases? This is not the early era of the uh, arrival of automobiles on the scene. They got eyes in the sky. They got eyes on poles, much to the chagrin of the Memphis cops. After 
countless lawsuits, some law enforcement agencies finally figured out that there's really no argument in favor of high-speed chases. They've got the license number. They can follow them with helicopters if it's serious enough. Oh, it's always serious. And, of course, the cop agencies that learned that lesson the hard way, well, they uh, learned that lesson the hard way after they killed some innocent civilians because of those high-speed chases and had to pay out millions and millions and millions of dollars in damages for their grossly negligent, willful, wanton, and reckless conduct. I'm going to try to keep up with this story. If for no other reason than so damn few people are talking about it. But I did mention earlier that Jethreen Bodine and I am still kind of gobsmacked that they're going to turn her loose with a response that Joe Biden, Joe Biden's communist, that's what he is, communist, you know. Well, I was just talking, I was just talking to some Arkansans down there to Pixley, which ain't that far from Siler City, you know. Greetings from Siler Swamp. But, mm. And the whole thing is, they're letting this woman give the Republican response, by the way, Nitwit Nero is going to be responding in real time. And all I've got is a few more cans of blackberry sparkling water. It's going to be a rough night, y'all. But the fact that they would let somebody who has doc, there, there are there are documented lies. She was, for a time, Sarah Hustlebuck Sandbags, a professional liar. She was a paid liar. She was the paid spokes liar for Nitwit Nero. Two years, two years she was the paid spokes liar for Nitwit Nero. Uh, what, what, let's just for fun. I will never lie to you. You have my word on that. He had four press secretaries, starting with Spicy. <laughs> okay, Jimmy, that's that's all right. Jimmy in the Great Northwest says, "Is Cop City trying to outdo Tyler Perry's studio?" Hell, that may be why they're building it. They're going to invade. Kaylee Maganini. She lied her way into a nice gig on Fox News TV Radio Rwanda. 
Remember when Sarah Hustlebuck Sandbags had a hissy because she was asked to leave a restaurant in Lexington, Virginia, because she's a filthy, toxic, revolting, disgusting homophobe, and the staff of the restaurant were not comfortable serving her, so she was asked to leave, and the maggots had a conniption. They had to close the restaurant for a little while. By the way, that restaurant's doing just fine, just fine. Next time I'm over that way, I'm going to try to dine there. I bet I might even be welcome. Let's see. The woman who is actually going to give the Republican response to the State of the Union this evening once said that Nitwit Nero ordering babies ripped away from their mother's breasts and kidnapping them was, in her words, very biblical. Then when her boss started tweeting Islamophobic filth and people called her on the fact that the videos weren't even real, she said it didn't matter if the videos were real. And then chastised the press saying, if you're focusing on the nature of the video, you're focusing on the wrong thing. If you're paying attention to whether it's true or not, you're getting it wrong. Then, um, on her own hook, shortly after a young, probably incel dude with a lawful gun owner, with an AR-15, slaughtered 19 children and two teachers at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde. She said, we will make sure, Jethreen Bodine did, we will make sure that when a kid is in the womb, they're as safe as they are in a classroom. She said that at a point in time when there had already been 27 school shootings in that year alone. Asked if she felt like her boss that the Free press, the only profession actually mentioned in the Constitution of the United States, was an enemy of the people. She refused to say no. Then there was the time that she said that countless FBI agents had come to her and told her they were so glad that Nitwit Nero had fired James Comey as FBI director. Later on, she would be put under oath during the J6 investigation. And she would confess under oath that it was a lie. But since she's a Republican, it wasn't really a, you know, lie, lie. It was a slip of the tongue. And like I said, there was the time she went on her Twitter account to attack the little restaurant in Lexington, Virginia. And she went on her private Twitter account to attack uh, the anonymous op-ed that talked about what a 
idiotic nightmare Nitwit Nero is. Former ethics chiefs said that both of those were illegal ethics code violations. This fine, upstanding Christian mocked President Joseph Robinette Biden for having had a stutter all of his life. She did that in 2019 after a Democratic presidential debate. Then she shared a video produced by Alex Jones and InfoWars that was dummied up to make it look like Jim Acosta from CNN was being aggressive with a White House intern and said that that was why the Nitwit Nero uh, administration decredentialed Jim Acosta. This professional liar said that God, because she knows that Does it ever strike you as not shocking, but even if one does not believe in a supreme deity, kind of gross and disgusting that some little pissant thinks she knows the mind of the creature she thinks created the world the solar system, the galaxy, the millions and billions and billions of galaxies, the universe, the universes, but thinks that the Sky Daddy wanted Nitwit Nero to be president. I wish it was breathtaking. It's not. It's just Republicans. Then, in a almost prophetic prediction of the shenanigans that we saw in the House today with Lauren Clanny Oakley, bobblehead boobert, she lied and said that Nitwit Nero's big beautiful wall had kept nearly 4,000 known or suspected terrorists from entering the country. Four thousand is a whole lot more people than six. Six was the number of people on the no fly list that got stopped at the wall. Hell of a list, isn't it? She also claimed that the Mueller report was a complete and total exoneration of Nitwit Nero. Despite the fact that the words does not exonerate him appear in the body of the document. No one pogo sticks up onto the cross like a good God fear and outstanding Bible believing Christ centered evangelical fundamentalist homosexual Christian like Sarah Hustlebuck sandbags though. When a reporter said
or asked, were, were they going to be lopping heads off of the White House communications team? She did. She pogo-sticked up onto the cross and said, they said I should be choked. They said I should deserve a lifetime of harassment. But certainly never had somebody say that I should be decapitated. I think she lives with a permanent case of the vipers, possibly also the phantods. And when Nitwit Nero refused to release his tax returns, she said members of Congress weren't smart enough to look through the thousands of pages that I would assume President Trump's taxes will be. Thousands of pages. She said there should be no rape or incest exceptions in abortion bans. One of the guests at the State of the Union this evening will be a woman who nearly died in Texas because they had, the doctors had to wait until she nearly died until they could treat her for the spontaneous abortion that her body had begun. And then one of the most recent things she did was to go to war with language. Republicans are always going to war with language. We need to make English the official language of the new United States of America, the greatest country in the history of the world on earth now, today, forever, in the universe under God. Only in this case, she went to, went, went, went to work on the term Latinx. It is now banned, that word. She's banned, and she's into word banning now. She has banned the word Latinx from state documents in Arkansas because she said it's, a, it's ethnically insensitive and pejorative language. No, actually what it is, it's gender neutral. It's a gender neutral means of describing someone of Hispanic Latin origin. Ethnically insensitive and pejorative language. You know somebody wrote came up with the pejorative for her. And now the only thing we have left is to find out if she's going to wear her Jethreen Bodine dress tonight. I was conversing earlier in the day with our pal Joy in Ann Arbor. Who said, uh, you, you, quoted a, you quoted McCarthy as saying the GOP is excited to hear about Jethreen's bold vision for the future and I guffawed. Is that what her vision is? My grandma called it gotcha'd. But maybe that was just a Texas thing. <laughs> she turned that baleful gimlet on. Never mind. And then Joy asked a serious question. I guess a better question is which vision of hers do we follow? The left one or the right one? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh. Attacks on personal appearance are fine if it's fascists. I'll attack their kids, their mamas, their grannies, and their dogs. Because they're fascists. Nothing's out of bounds with fascists. I don't know. Strongly tempted to run across the river and get the swirly strong. I'm not going to do it. I, I, I promise I won't do it. But uh. if we had the 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 audio of. Kalani Oakley calling for the death of the President of the United States and calling for Joseph Robinette Biden, a man who has lived his Christian faith all of his life. He's a Catholic. He's not a Christian. That's really how they are. But for Biden to be struck down by the hand of God. Well, Jude just sent this along. Dallas Dominionist preacher states Lauren Boebert will stare down demons and, yes, save this nation. Let me guess. Probably from the same church, right? Something makes me suspicion that, as we sometimes say here in hell. I suspicion. No, we really do. The Gospel Sharp at Storehouse Dallas is some woman named Tracy Eckert and what Jude said is true anyway um, so you'll have to go back and watch it it's a cute movie anyway um, so he married and so they're, 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 they're just still giggling in the pews there um, so you'll have to go back and watch it it's a cute movie Anyway, um, so he marries this girl, and she was taken captive by the Indians, but she has a, um, a, a tenacity about her, and they called her standing with fists. And, and when I see you, I, that's who I see in the spirit. You're like, I'm not moving, and you're going to have to kill me if you want to get through me. And I saw you, you were standing before the gates of hell, and literally, like, like staring the demons down and saying, I will not move. You have to move. And, and I believe that the Lord has called you and has set you apart, not just as a congressman, but really um, to save a nation. Anyway, um, so y'all. We're not going to listen to it twice. Staring down demons. Lord. She can't stare down AOC, let alone a demon.
I love the fact that if anybody else, anybody else walks around talking about how they have visions of people staring down demons or shooting laser beams out of their eyes or anything like that, as lo- if, if, as long as they remember the religion industry, this is not turning, I don't mean for this to turn into prayer meeting Wednesday, but that's where we are. Anybody else that walks around talking about how they're talking to people who aren't really there and hearing voices in their head, they're going to get their calendar checked. And they're probably going to wind up on some fairly effective psychiatric meds. But you can hear voices. You can talk to the voices you're hearing. You can see things that aren't there. You can talk about trips to hell and back as long as you got a Bible in your hand. Then you're untouchable. It reminds me of the pissy hissy fit that Mike Pencilneck Geek threw some years ago when someone put him, You're persecuting me for my religion because I said I hear the voice of God. No, we're pointing out you might really need psychiatric help there, Mike. Because if you're hearing voices, you're probably not okay. This isn't Joan of Arc. These are not the Middle Ages. Here we are. Jude said, how I'd love to hear from our Juanita, a true follower of Jesus of Nazareth. Hi, Juanita. Onward to more nitwit news, uh, nit, nitwit Nero news. Rolling Stone has a story. Ryan Bort, the reporter. The headline reads, Well, Trump is now suggesting Ron DeSantis is a pedophile. Groomer! Of him I can believe it. I can believe it even more of Nitwit Nero. We do have the video of him standing there grooving next to Jeffrey Epstein and pointing at young women. He is scared to pieces of Ron Monkey up DeClantis. And so he's going back to the old playbook. Bibles, slanders, filth. And you can measure Nitwit Nero's fear by the by, by, by the viciousness of the attacks. He jumped onto his rattle trap social media platform. And posted a picture of Ron Monkey up to Clantis with some high school girls back when he was a high school history teacher. 
That's not wrong, is it? He would never do such a thing. Interestingly, the photos may be real. Because according to a New York Times report, he was a young'un, and he was teaching. And a number of his high school students described him as a frequent presence at parties with high school seniors. As an 18-year-old, I remember thinking, what are you doing here, dude? One former student told the New York Times. The girls in the photo that the Nitwit Nero put out, recirculated, were originally made public in 2021 by something that Rolling Stone refers to as a Democratic blog called The Hill Reporter. The girls in the photo were, were high school seniors when it was taken in 2002. Oh, my. Shades of Roy Tolamore. And, 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 and thus far, when he got called out on those photos, Christina Pashal, Christina Pashal, Pashal, said... He's not a groomer. Y'all are groomers. This is in addition to Nitwit Nero calling him a a globalist. He's such a globalist. Says the guy with business deals in China and God only knows where else. He's deeply under the skin of Nitwit Nero, and frankly, I hope they tear each other to pieces so tiny that you can't you can't uh, individuate them with a scanning electron microscope. Oh, and back to the Tracy Eckert clip that Jude shared. She described as. A fun movie, the one that featured the woman named Stands with Fists. I I didn't catch the reference because I haven't seen the movie in forever. But Jude said that was from Kevin Costner's film Dancing with Wol- Dances with Wolves. Jude said it's mind-boggling trying to understand this insanity. Has Tracy Eckert ever seen Dances with Wolves? Because it's not a fun family movie. It's a movie about a genocide. But then again, if you're a right-wing Christian, you're Christo-fascist in this country, maybe that's what constitutes a fun family movie. What's well, a little genocide among friends, right? By the way, a little less than a half an hour left in the program. And if anybody'd love to like to jump in, it would be great to finish off the last forty dollars of the anonymous challenge on the table. 
that will turn 40 more dollars into a total of 150 and finish up last week's fundraising and get us started on Monday so that we're at least in this week when we, I don't know, get to tomorrow. I know the fundraising is tiresome, wearisome, and I try not to overdo it. But it is how this program survives and has survived for a very long time. The kindness of your gifts. Generosity. Yeah, there it is. Thank you, Ralph, serving as the Horn Ad Hoc Research, the Declantis Research Department. Midas Touch on Twitter. Let me see how far back this goes. Yeah, there he is. Posted at 8.05 a.m. October 25th, 2021. Midas Touch exclusive. Ron DeSantis partied with underage girls at drinking party while teaching at Georgia school. Darlington School is a boarding and day school for grades pre-K through 12. The source who provided the photo says that it was taken prior to graduation, meaning the young girls would still have been DeSantis's responsibility at the time. That photo has never been disproven. The girls' faces are blurred out, as they should have been. Let's see, they were 18 and 02. God, they're coming up on 39 years old now. But he's sitting there in the photo, grinning like a fox eating shit out of a wire brush, while one of his young students, what is it with Florida and underage girls, uh, is standing there with her arm around his neck, and a long neck beer in her hand. How come how come this didn't get legs? How come it wasn't plastered all over the media like uh, Donna Rice sitting on Gary Hart's lap? It was Donna Rice, wasn't it? Fawn Hall was Ollie North. Donna Rice was Gary Hart. Oh, who was it with Jim Baker? That was but the thing with Gary Hart was particularly disgusting because she she was there to do she was there to do a job. She plopped down on his lap, smiled at the camera, they took the picture, and she got right up off his lap. She he didn't even know who she was. But here we are all these years later. I still remember it. Why is Ron Monkey up DeClantis in a photograph that's real with him grinning like a fox eating shit out of a wire brush 
Why isn't that all over this country? Can anybody help with that? Is it because IOKIYAR? Is it because he's seen as somebody who can provide a, present a credible challenge to Nitwit Nero? Jessica Hahn. Thank you, Lee in New York. Jessica Hahn with Jim, Jim Baker. And, you know, on this Twitter thread, there's some asshole who responded on October 26th. I like him even more now. Groomer! I hope this photo doesn't get forgotten. And for once, I'm kind of glad that Nitwit Nero brought it back to life. Why were you drinking with your students, your high school students, Ronnie? Should we maybe take it as a political theorem that America need not ever elect anyone named Ronnie to the presidency again? Once was enough. And I'm happy to say thank you. I'm happy to say thank you to uh, to, to Ralphs. And thank you to an anonymous friend who responded to our anonymous friend, for those who cannot. Thank you to Colin in Illinois. Thank you, Colin. Thank you to Charlene in Rogues Island. The challenge is met. And that gets us down to, let's see, where were we? Oh, God, it's ciphering time. Are, are, are you in a bar brawl back there, honey? No, I'm on duty, Robin, here. Oh. I just blessed you. Oh, it burns. It burns as us. I wonder why the steam was coming up. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, him too. Oh. Hi, Socks. No, where was I? So, um, we were at... 710, so 660, 560, 525, we're down to $225 to go. That means yesterday's fully funded. That means we've got a fighting chance with the power bill. Thank you, Gina. Thank you. That is so, so profound. Anybody want to help me out and figure out if the stress line is working during the program now? I don't know if it is or not. I rebooted it. There weren't any updates or anything, but I did. I rebooted it. Maybe maybe we're better off. I'm going to leave that photo of Ron Monkey up DeClantis out there, or up here, in my big mess of tabs. 
Because I want to, I want to, I want it to stay up. But now, if the if the high school girls were eighteen, and I hate engaging in these conversations because he's still a creepy older dude. That's just Socrates. The Socrates talking to his mama. Pay no attention to the cat behind the curtain. Yeah, Ralph says, "Wow, yay, Gino! Indeed, yay, Gino! Thank you." It's gross to say, well, you know, it's okay if they were 18. Well, they were... If they were 18, they were still too young to drink. And they were still in... They were still high school students, and he was still their teacher, and it's still disgusting. Just saying. All right, let's find out... uh, Let's find out if the stress line's working... uh, Hey, welcome to the program. Wait a minute. Why am I not hearing anything? Oh, it could be because I, I got a reboot. Stand by. Or not reboot, but... <sighs> yeah, I got to get you into the board. Hold on. No, it doesn't want... mm. It's been one of those technical evenings. No, not yet. Well, that's because I'm talking to you through the phone, not through the board. Uh, you are correct, Robin, says Clarence. Why didn't Andrew Gillum's opponent research team find this story? The DNC dropped the ball on this, too. Florida Governor Post was up for grabs. What a missed opportunity. Yeah. And then, of course, there was the number that was done on Andrew Gillum. And remember why I call Ron Monkey up to Clantis, Ron Monkey up to Clantis. That was his phrase. He said that Floridians should not elect Andrew Gillum because they didn't want he didn't want to monkey up Florida. You can't get much more racist than that, but somehow or another he got a pass and nobody wrote his ass about that either. <laughs> oh, anonymous friend. Um, I'm offering a cat be gone kitten sitting service. Only a hundred dollars an hour on sale tonight. We get rid of the cats, but we leave the snakes is our motto. It, it, let's not talk about Samantha the Studio Serpent. I'm hoping she has lo- gone to some place where she's much more herpetologically happy. Uh, okay, are, are you in? Are, uh, is the phone hooked up now? Yeah. I, I... 
okay, and it's still not working. It, it's, apparently, this is something with Bluetooth uh, because you are hearing me. All right. Well, well it, before I got you into the board, this is something going on with Bluetooth. I don't know what it is. Uh, hopefully, the Bluetooth hasn't. Hopefully, the Bluetooth hasn't gone dead on the Roadcaster because. I need that like a, well, never mind. Is that you, Dave? Well, I'm going to have to sort this problem out later. Thanks for uh, thanks for helping out, and thanks for trying, though, Dave. I really appreciate it. Yeah, not, even, not, not, even a syllable, not even a syllable coming through. Thanks, Dave. Sorry. What? Well, yeah, we hear you too. Yeah, you. Yeah, there's no, there's no voicemail set up. Uh, thank you, Roger, in Oregon. Uh, when I call, I get a message or voicemail. I don't set up voicemail on this phone because I'd spend half my time clearing calls that come in at three o'clock in the morning. But thank you, thanks, thanks y'all for trying. Great. Another gremlin to chase. As the saying goes, I wait all night for calls like these. Horn Studio Kitty Wrangler Annette is now (laughs) kitty wrangling. Uh... Having fun, Miss Barker. I'm giving you a job. Does it come with a swirly straw? If I ever drink, it will be soon. (laughs) Coming to a theater. Oh, some days. Some days. Um. No, actually, uh, Randy Radar, there is one Bluetooth channel on the Roadcaster. That's it. There's no user serviceable parts inside. And you can't really... I'm going to power everything down, power everything back up, and play with this until it works. And hope that it does. I mean, surely to goodness, and don't call me Shirley. I'm sorry. I don't need to talk about it. Let's not talk tech in the middle of the program, Robin. Oh, earlier I was listing Nitwit Nero's White House spokespeople, spokes creeps. Brother Deacon Asa reminded me, uh, you forgot the front stabber, the mooch. He was holding the floor down for an entire week. That's a lifetime in trump averse. Have some respect. Shame on me. All right, well, let's all get ready to watch the State of the Union, I suppose. Let's check here for any other fun and frivolity just to finish things off a little bit. Oh, yes, this. 
So yesterday we had the story about the Nazis that wanted to take down the power grid in Baltimore. Well, over in the UK, a teenager because apparently for all of its faults, Turf Island takes Nazis somewhat seriously, as long as they're not a member of the royal family at a Halloween party at St. Andrews in Scotland. Will they never let me live that down? No, actually, no. A teenager in the UK by the name of Daniel John Harris was the kid behind the videos that the white lawful gun owner in the United States was inspired by to go and slaughter people of color in a grocery store in Buffalo, New York. He also, it's thought he's also an inspiration for, oh, what was his name? The guy who shot up Club Q in Colorado Springs. He watched the videos. The Buffalo lawful gun owner watched the videos. Daniel John Harris was a straight-up Nazi. Just because he was a teenager didn't mean he wasn't a Nazi. And his creation of Nazi video propaganda calling for terrorist acts just got him 11 years in prison in the UK. And whatever whatever other problems I have with the UK, and they are legion, I'm glad they did this because they understand that you can't tolerate Nazis if you want to have a tolerant society. Daniel John Harris was arrested on May the 16th, 2022, two days after the attack in Buffalo, New York. He was tried. A guilty verdict was returned in December 2022. Late last week, he was sentenced. And uh, the white guy who shot up the Buffalo grocery, uh, grocery shoppers because he said he had a better chance of killing more people of color there than anywhere else. Well, he kept a diary. And he referenced these videos specifically. In the diary, he says, shout out to, because Derek John Harris had a, an online screen name, thank you for your service. 
Counterterrorism Detective Inspector Chris Brett said, The threat he posed became such that we had to act in order to ensure the safety of the wider public. The reference to one of his videos in the prelude to the Buffalo attack is a case in point. Harris could see the reaction his videos were getting. This was not a one-off. This was not a game. This was a concerted effort to generate a following and to influence people. UK authorities also say, said he tried to use a 3D printer to print a uh, gun. And as Joshua Fisher Birch, who analyzes the far right at Counter Extremism Project, Interviewed by Vice News said, Harris's arrest shows the international nature of the violent online extreme right, especially the subset of individuals who glorify attackers such as the Christchurch terrorist. This is the definition of stochastic terrorism. And it's the definition of successful stochastic terrorism. The next question, however, is if they knew this stuff was out there, why did it stay up? The Buffalo attack was May of 2022. The massacre at Club Q was November of 2022. In that time, I suppose they stayed up long enough or were downloadable. And I suppose I'm I'm, I'm subject to criticism for saying this, but this is what happens when you have a fetishized view of the First Amendment where all opinions even the ones calling for the slaughter of innocent individuals are deemed to be acceptable. Civilized countries apparently don't think so. At least after the fact. And once this trash goes up, trying to chase it down is almost impossible. This little Nazi shitbird, who will spend 11 years in prison, that means he will get out when he's 30, and he'll still be a Nazi. I wonder, there's nobody to sue. There's no money to be had. But I'm sure his videos can be found all over the dark web now by anybody who has a hunger for bloodshed. And has decided that Nazis are just who they are. But at least the UK is going to send him to prison for a decade. I wonder how many more he has. I wonder how many more he has inspired that we don't even know of. Yet. So that's the program. Hell of a Titanic Tuesday. I thought I told you it would be. 
Thank you so much to our anonymous friend for the for the challenge. It was met. Thank you so much to everybody who jumped in on the challenge. Thank you, Gino, for uh, the have a show on me. That makes makes things considerably better, much better. Thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thank you to our a la carte contributors. Thank you to our all-volunteer staff. Thanks to uh, uh, Sparky and Roger this evening. I didn't see if Steve made it in. Thank you to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in this little experiment in long-form conversation over a long time. Thanks to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa. Head on live. Remember, like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Leave a comment for the for the for the lonely little algorithms. We don't have a PR budget or an advertising budget, but we can grow this conversation. Now, Theo says, "My profound condolences, Robin. You've got Barry Seltzer water to get through the State of the Union address on, while with the accompanying fusillade of cat calls from the maggots." I'll have to content myself with a non-alcoholic brewski or two. The current political dilemma could easily screw over my record of 41 years sober. Oh, no. Nah, I wouldn't give those losers the satisfaction. Stay strong, lady. Thank you, Theo. You too. You too. Thanks, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest-working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. 20-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia, and a proud union shop. Get that yeah, get that booster. Um, I was talking with Kenda, our friend Kenda in Missouri earlier. Uh, her husband Dick is dealing with it. He's getting better. Kenda said boosters work. She hadn't had more than a bit of the sniffles. Great to hear it, Kenda. And by the way, Kenda, I can't wait to make the cabbage soup. That's a thing that's going to happen. Kenda sent me a recipe for cabbage soup that I'm just dying to try. So get your flu shot, too. Wipe down your surfaces. Help stop the spread of RSV. Wear your mask. It's okay to wear your mask because, well, we're smart people. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Use your hand sanitizer. Carry it with you, pocket or purse. Do what you can to maintain your social distance, 15 to 20 feet, like Paul from Parts Unknown says. You know, all the barriers are down, and we're just breathing all over each other again. And uh, if, if some jiggling adipose wad of petty grievances and jealousies and insecurities comes towards you saying, Run monkey up to Clantis is a pedophile. Well, cross the street and say, Yeah, he probably is. And then continue to avoid him like the plague. Because he is. And always, always, always. Gina, it's all for you. Later. <laughs>